You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. We're going to finish the eighth chapter of Shabbat today. And we start just by continuing along with our list of objects. We're trying to define the critical quantity required to be... um, obligated to bring a chatat if we carry it on Shabbat. And remember, the general rule is that if the quantity is a useful quantity, it's sufficiently significant to be asur for or for you to be chayav chatat, for us to be chayav chatat if we carry it on Shabbat. If it's a significant quantity, if it's a useful quantity, it's significant for carrying on Shabbat and we're not going to carry it outside the Arab. So we went through a long list of items yesterday, including light sand and thick sand and um, uh, reeds, whether they were good for making a pen or maybe just good for heating up for fuel. And now we're going to go for bones. Etzem. Kedela sot tarvad. Bone as much as is required for making a spoon. A tarvad is a spoon. Rabbi Yudah says, Rabbi Yudah says, enough to make a chaf. A chaf can be all kinds of things, but in this context, it seems to be the bit of a key. People used to carve their keys out of bits of bone, I guess, to be able to carve it accurately. That's a tiny quantity of bone, but that's essentially that defines a minimal quantity. You might use glass to scrape the end of a shuttle in a loom, to scrape it out as a sort of a polishing up thing. Tiny bit, again, we're talking about a tiny bit of glass. Straw or evan, a pebble or a stone. Kadeli's rock, but off. You might want to throw that at a bird. It's interesting, I, I, I think if you kill the bird in this way, I mean... Clearly, you can't eat the bird, right? If you killed it by throwing a stone in it. But people will maybe want to maybe you want to scare it away or keep it off your crops or your fruit. Anyway, a stone that's sufficient to throw at a bird. And Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov is a slightly more makeel, slightly more relaxed. He says, "Kadeli's rock bivhemma," enough to throw at an animal. So for him, the minimal quantity on a stone is a slightly larger stone. What about? You know, when it comes to a child, um, it says somewhere else in the Mishnah that if you carry your child and he's carrying a stone, it doesn't give a, a, a quantity of, of how large that stone is. Oh, that's interesting. But that's a child who's below, presumably a child who's who can't walk or a child yeah, below the so age of... No, So I'm asking yeah. if why, why there there wasn't a qualification of of how large the stone was. That's a that's a good question. I'm I'm not sure. I mean, perhaps this is the chapter where we define the quantities. Maybe because this is the chapter where we define the quantities. Um, I'm I'm not sure. It's a good question. We'll come back to it maybe when we come back to the child. Cheres kadeli ten bain pat sim You could. What about a um a pot shard? This is a a broken piece of pot. So maybe if you are arranging two boards, you might use a pot shard 
potsherd between the two boards in order to arrange them, according to Rabbi Yehuda. Anyway, so there's a broken piece of pottery. You might use it in construction. Rabbi Meir says, enough to scrape out coals with. And Rabbi Yossi says, Rabbi Yossi says, look, if you had a pot shirt, you would use it to hold water. And a river eat is a, is a minimal quantity of water for halachic purposes. We learned that earlier in terms of carrying on Shabbat. So if the river eat is the quantity for carrying, the pot shirt that can carry the river eat is a minimal quantity of pot. And now we're going to get into the question of proof. How do we know? How do we know these are the right measurements? <laughs> And Rabbi, Ye- Rabbi Meir says, I can't prove it from this pasuk, but I'm going to quote you a pasuk. I'm going to quote you a pasuk from Yeshayahu. It's an angry pasuk. It's talking about destruction. And then it says, There's going to be no shard left in order to scoop coals from a brazier. And then the Pasuk goes on to say, And there won't be any um, potsherd left over to take, to ladle water from a puddle. So the verse in Isaiah talks both about using the potsherd to scrape out coals and using it to ladle water from a puddle. Yeah, the Isaiah uses both metaphors. So Rabbi Meir says, look, I can prove I'm right from this verse in Ishayahu in Isaiah. And Rabbi Yossi comes straight back and he says, no, no, no. I can use the second half of the same verse to prove exactly the opposite point. And that is the close of chapter eight. It's uh, you could almost call it a teku. There's a question of, there's an existential doubt as to how we prove these halachot and the verses are indeterminate. And that, of course, that is one of the existential questions which the, the generation of Rabbi Meir is struggling with. These are the generations that are just after the move to Yavne. And they're asking, well, how do we know we're observing the right halacha? Is it because we're doing what our... our tradition has taught us that's if you like the derech of rabbi eliezer is it that we can learn rationally from the pasukim maybe that's the derech of rabbi akiva in this case the pasukim seem to give us an incorrect steer and the mishnah now in the beginning of chapter nine is going to go through a set of other examples where we seem to be able to get guidance from the pasukim but there's no proof so we're going to go through a sequence of Mishnayot where there seems to be guidance from the Pesukim, but there's no proof really. And then once we've we've embarked on this little discursus, we're going to get back to the question of quantities on Shabbat. So that's what we're embarking on now in chapter 9. So I, I just brought you the verse from Isaiah on the source sheet. Uh, that That's the whole... Um, 
that's the whole verse. And let's let's have a look at at, some, at, at the beginning of chapter nine. Amar Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva said, "Minayin la'avodazarasha he matama b'masa kanida." How do we know that an aisle defiles by being carried? And Rabbi Akiva is not talking about touching the idol here. He's saying, let's say the idol was in a bag or on a uh, in some kind of container, and you picked it up and you carried it. The um, the idol has the, the idol makes what it, it makes you tame just because you are carrying it, even though you're not touching it. That's the question that Rabbi Akiva is dealing with. And by the way, he he seems to know the halacha. He knows. He says, how do we know that the idol defiles by being carried? He knows it defiles by being carried, but he needs a pasuk. And Rabbi Akiva is classic, classic of the... Um, he's a classic example of a sage who learns from Pesukim and different ones are different ones. Hillel comes to, uh, he comes to Yerushalayim from Bavel and they ask him what to do when Erev Pesach um, falls on Shabbat. How are we going to bring our Pesach offerings to the temple? How do we, and how are we going to bring the knives to the temple? Because the Pesach offering can walk but the knife can't. And they know the halacha is that you shove the knife into the hair of the lamb, right? And the lamb carries it. They know the halacha is that like that. But Hillel drushes them for three days and they don't agree with him. They don't take a drush as they are now taking from Rabbi Akiva. And then eventually, at the end of three days, he says, Thus I learned from my teachers, Shemai and Avtalion in Babel. And then they accept it. So... In the case of Hillel, they take the tradition in a situation where they are not prepared to take the drush. Here, Rabbi Akiva is saying, Minayim, how do we know? He's not giving the tradition. Clearly, he knows as a tradition. He's giving us the drush. And now he's going to quote again from Isaiah. I think it's not a coincidence that he's quoting from the same Perek. So we're in Perek. Uh, Perek Lamed in Yeshayahu, we're actually on Pasuk 14. So we're halfway through the Perek. I think this is a connection. I mean, it's, it's hard to see the connection between the end of chapter 8 and the beginning of chapter 9. I think the connection is probably in the Perek from Yeshayahu, which is being quoted. So Rabbi Akiv, so we're laterally... If you like, we're laterally associating to other halachot we can learn in the same way. So he's going to quote another pasuk from our parak. Shinemar tizreim. How do we know that a idol uh, passes on to my like a like a, um, a a woman who's nidda, who if she's sitting on let's say a sofa will pass on tumah to that sofa even if she's not touching it. How do we know? And now he's talking about, uh, the prophet is talking about casting away the idols. You shall cast them away like a dava. Davai in um, Eicha means someone who's sick. But in this context in Yeshayahu, it seems to mean, seems to refer to a nidda, seems to refer to a menstruant. Tizreim k'mul tzei tomar lo ma nidaba Af Avudazara Mutama Bamasa. 
um, the, the prophet says, you shall cast them away as a, as a, as a menstruant. Say, out, you, out to my law. Get out, I'll say to you. And then Rabbi Akiva continues, just as a menstruant defiles by being carried, so does an idol defile by being carried. So he's going to learn one from the other. And then in the following Mishnayot, we're going to learn a few more examples where, rather tangentially, we're learning a halacha from a pasuk that we're going to learn a halacha we know, or we're going to attach a halacha we know already to a pasuk to give it more grounding. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.